Time now for another Thrash Pie Radio podcast, where I get to celebrate the pure rock years of Southern California's heavy metal flagship, KNAC-FM. I am Thrash Pie, your favorite guy. Today is a, a, a personal podcast. We have um, lost one of our favorites some 10 years ago, uh, October 2nd, 2007, our lovely Tawn Mastry, our Earth Mother, our Leather Nun. Um, wow, I have some personal thoughts to give about Tawn, and I have some cuts from some of the other KNAC family members uh, about Tawn. I use the word family uh, intentionally. What our audience knows about Tawn is the character, right? Thrash Pie, the character. This was something, this was Thrash Pie on stage. Tawn on stage, Long Paul on stage. And even if we were on stage at a club, say, for instance, or the Coliseum or in our own home, which was the stage of the radio station, we developed characters. So naturally, we got to see each other in a lot more personal situations than an audience would see us. It's sort of the behind-the-scenes thing. This is, I think, why reality television, when it's honest re- reality and, and real, is, is so fascinating to watch. We are all flies on the wall. So this is a little bit of the feel that I want you to get today about our lovely Tawn Mastery. As I was driving to Los Angeles to take the job in October of 1986, I'd been given the job of Morning Man on KNAC-FM, uh, I was wondering, you know, I've got to create some kind of a character to go on the air in order to in order to make this thing work. I can't just be Ted. You know, I can't just be, uh, you know, basically my schleppy old self. I'm kind of boring. So let's get with it. What do we do? We become an animated character. As I knew most everybody on KNAC was, there were names like Mary the Maniac. Of course, then there was Long Paul, you know, I mean, and all the inferences that go along with that. Gonzo Greg, uh, Scorchin Scotty, um, you know, and just wonderful things. And perhaps the most wonderful, the Leather Nun, Tawn Mastery. So we did develop characters. Uh, I was fortunate enough to talk to our second program director, Tom Marshall, about those characters, and he commented. That approach, and of course, Tom uh, Mastery was, you know, she kind of already had that, that uh, the, the diva of L.A. rock mm. radio kind of... Uh, oh, um, yeah, she worked that pretty hard. Image. Yeah. <laughs> she did work that pretty hard. You know, so, uh, again, I'm talking about a family member here. So, um, you know, uh, I, I know that there are people listening that would think, oh, you're talking bad about Tawn. You know, we love Tawn, and, uh, you know, diva is not a nice word. Well, forget that. Uh, we're talking about our sister, our Earth Mother. We got to see her in sweats with no makeup. And she uh, saw us in our at our worst as well. So... You know, as families do, we put up with each other, um, you know, good or bad for whatever. And, uh, you know, Tawn was our shining star, though, and she represented our station, um, I think, in in just ways that uh, the rest of us really couldn't. You know, she was a rock and roll down to I mean, down to the bone rock and roll woman. She she lived it. And. You know, it's tough being a woman in a rock and roll business. I have to give you that. Um, you know, um, our music director at, in the early days, 
um, is named Ross Goza. Ross still a good friend, lives up in Fresno these days, still very involved in music, um, has fond remembrances of Tawn and, and great observations. Tawn was great. You know, she she was a pro's pro, and, you know, she could come in feeling terrible. And as soon as the light went on for the on-air booth and she'd get on the air, she was she was Tawn. She was a pro. Yeah. And she she was great. She knew how to flirt with all the rock guys that came in. The relationship on air between her and David Coverdale was priceless. Oh, my God. That was one of the very biggest things that we did early on when I was there. That was 86, 7, and uh, that White Snake record, the, you know. Yep. Oh, my God. That was huge. And here, I, I turn on the radio in the afternoon. I'm at home. I, I turn on the radio, and I think, uh, what's Ton doing? She's just kind of yakking at some guy, and he's got a British accent. And oh my God, that's David Coverdale, and he brought her his record. He brought the station, yep. but it was Ton that yeah. I'm sure talked him into on it on her show. Uh, you know, and that was a gigantic record. Oh my God, yeah, huge! Can you imagine being the program director at an ABC-owned radio station in the same town as Little Bitty Us, and hearing something like that go down? <laughs> Oh. And you go to your you go to your staff and your music director. You say, "What the hell's going on here? We're getting our ass kicked by a thousand water in Long Beach." They did too. They turned around. And they called uh, Geffen. All those guys up there at Geffen all took heat over that one, but they were willing to do it. They were supporters and friends. That goes back to the personal relationship thing. That's the thing about Tawn and personal relationships. She, I, I got to meet all the great you know metal players. The Rob Halfords, the people that I really worshipped, the Ronnie Dio particularly, and, and and the Metallica guys who were much younger then, um, and I, I would say early on in in that career, they were already launched. Don't get me wrong, but um, Ton knew those people. She lived in the in the rock and roll, you know, <laughs> on the rock and roll streets of of rock and roll hell with those people. Um, you know, Long Paul. Uh, followed Tawn in the early days. Tawn was on middays, and then Paul was on in the afternoons. That later reversed. Um, but uh, Tawn, you know, it's not all good. And it's not all good. It's not all goodness and honey when you, you know, when you, uh, when you live together that closely as we did at KNAC. And um, I got to long, uh, talk to Long Paul uh, about some of his remembrances about Tawn. Tawn may have been the best pure air talent we had. There was always the distraction with Tawn. She always had a billion things going on to the point where, do you realize you just played a Ringo Starr track? <laughs> oh, no, I had no idea. She would, a lot, leave her microphone open. I'd like 11 of the 5 by 8s I didn't like that shot. The lighting wasn't quite right. Yeah. Now, that's Tawn. So, you know, when we applied the term diva to Tawn, she was out there promoting, um, and as she promoted herself, it promoted the station. She was, she was the, uh, you know, she was the one up there on the, on the throne. She, <laughs> and like I say, it was not all, all roses with Tawn. Um, I have to say that when I first came into town and was listening to the station, I told her this, that I had never heard a better female voice for radio suited better for rock radio than Tawn's. And I'll say that I, I haven't ever since. Now, that's 30 years ago, and even on the air today, I haven't heard a voice and a presentation such as hers 
Um, It's something you never forget. She was uh, on many, many levels. It was sexual all the way up to motherly. It was it was uh, it was an absolutely incredible rock and roll radio voice. Uh, Let's see. Did we get to talk to uh, Dangerous Darren and his thoughts? He also was very close to Ton, particularly in the later days and later stages of the radio station. Um, uh, Darren came on immediately after her at seven o'clock at night. Yeah. And speaking of Ton, how much interaction did you have with her? Oh, plenty. Uh, you know, she was she was the best. And, you know, because when I was doing 7 to Midnight, it was coming on after her. And oh, so I'd go in, wake her up. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> push the button for her. Yeah. And, uh, but she was the best. There's... I'd, you know, I know she taunt is taunt. She lived the rock and roll lifestyle, buddy. She, yeah, she just, oh yeah, oh wow. She bless she, her heart. She sure did. She was the best at it. And then uh, what was funny was you know I don't know how many years later, uh, you know her and I got to work together again at Sirius on Hair Nation. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean there was at one point on Hair Nation when it first started. This would have been two thousand four. They had three jocks on, and it was me, Ton, and Long Paul. Wow. Yeah, and then Paul moved to Phoenix. Uh, yeah, but he was still doing it. He went to uh, the the Boneyard. Oh, or whatever the Boneyard was at the time, or whatever. He moved to that station. But yeah, so at one point it was me, Ton, and Paul. Wow. Yeah, still on. So that's awesome. Yeah, and bless her heart. You know, yeah, she was she was great. She was so funny and just so nice. And like you said, she she lived it. Yeah, and and those bands loved her. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. (laughs) And she loved them. And she loved them. You know, she was. (laughs) I'll tell you what. And I told her this the first day I met her. Her voice came booming in. You know, she was on middays then. Right. And when I got there in the afternoon, I said, and I and I meant it honestly. I'd never heard a better female rock and roll radio voice than hers ever. Yeah. Anywhere. She was just perfect yeah. for that station. Yep. Absolutely. Just perfect. God bless her. God bless her. Yeah. Well, I repeated myself there, but for good emphasis, I I, I meant every word about that about her voice and her presentation. She, you know, as as tough a rock and roll presentation as she could as she could put forth. You know, the leather nun and the whip cracking and and all that sort of sexual stuff. She could be incredibly gentle and uh, loving. Is is the word? Is the only word that that really fits. You know, I had a, a wild temper in those days. I came in early on. I smashed something up in the production room and got reprimanded for it. And Ton came in and, uh, you know, uh, having heard about it, said to me, um, you know, I uh, used to do self-destructive things, but I realized I was only hurting myself. And that might sound like, you know, pablum, but the fact that she had actually made the effort to say that to me, <laughs> I don't know what happened. I, I, it, it changed me right then. So I will love her forever for, you know, for, for that and for everything else that, that she presented f- to us. And for those who think that Ton sort of lucked into, you know, getting to KNAC and then made the best of it by promoting herself, promoting the station, getting to know all the rock and roll people. Believe me, she had been living that life for a long, long time. Here's Long Paul again. 
And what's amazing, though, for as good of a run as she had in L.A. with KDC and Pirate, her time at KSJO, dude, she was like best friends with Phil Lanott and Sammy Hagar and, you know, the whole Bay Area thing and and Neil Stahn and all those guys. And it's like, wow. So she came from a place, you know, that was so she was totally prepared for anything that hit her in L.A. Absolutely prepared, and she, she, I think she brought about 10 years' worth of experience along with her. Now, I'm, I was older than she was by a few years, um, and I, you know, had been working in radio about eight or nine years at that point, but it was obvious to me she was an experienced radio person because just because of the way she handled herself and, you know, the way she was able to do a program and do interviews and... and Present herself and promote herself. So I was, uh, I was enamored by her. She was, she was, uh, she would be, you know, she would float into the station. Everyone's, you know, admiring her, you know, and she's hugging everybody and blowing kisses. And it is diva like. There's just no question about it. But she was the star, and we all knew it. You know, we loved it, and we loved her for it. So I, I realized that there are some. Some, I won't say derogatory things that we said in here, we, but we intimated that there was a lot more to Tawn than just, you know, her, her just great presentation and, uh, you know, her wonderful spirit. You know, she was quite human, too. You know, she was, uh, you know, on the phone a lot, maybe when she shouldn't have been. She was doing other business on our station's hotline, maybe when she shouldn't have been. But, you know, uh, we all overlooked all of that because of the huge presence that she that she brought to our our radio station. Uh, I love her. She is part of our family, uh, even in spirit these days. I can't believe that it's been ten years. Um, you know, I uh, I don't know really what else to say positive about Tawn. Um, you know, I, I'll say again, we love her. We will always love her, and we are thankful that we got to know her. And I'm sure that uh, you uh, feel that love for Ton as well as members of our listening audience. So we're a huge, huge family. All right. I'll have more insight into the Pure Rock years of KNAC-FM in future podcasts. In the meantime, your comments and correspondence of any kind are welcome at thrashpyradio at gmail.com. Give us a like and a share. Keep your eye on your Facebook page for the next Thrash Pie Radio podcast. <laughs>